and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Rachel Reed. Rachel Reed is the co-owner of Remax Shoreline, a local real estate company, and is also the wife of the late David Reed, a Portland psychologist who passed away suddenly almost six years ago. Rachel has always been involved in her community. She currently serves on the board of directors of True Choice Federal Credit Union, the Maine Jewish Film Festival, the Falmouth Cumberland Community Chamber of Commerce, and the American Lung Association. She has been a contributing writer of Maine Realtor Magazine, New Hampshire Realtor Magazine, and other local publications. She is here today, however, as the owner of Somni Skills, the company which she founded with her late husband David to distribute the Somni Skills workbook, which he had just finished writing a few weeks before his untimely death. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I actually kind of want to start off with a little bit of a kind of the intro off your website. I just want to read that for folks yeah. because I really I think that it explains it much better than I could in my own words. So let me just read a little bit of this. So it starts off with a great quote from Dale Carnegie. If you can't sleep, then get up and do something instead of lying there worrying. It's the worry that gets you, not the lack of sleep. Exactly. So and then it goes on to say Carnegie's quote taps into the heart of the matter. Worry about sleep. The worry so many people know all too well, lying in bed, hoping and struggling to fall asleep. Sometimes it is more than worry. Sometimes it is panic. Panic due to the feeling out, feeling out of control. Panic about the dire consequences if you keep missing out on sleep. So I, I, th- I think that uh, you know what we really want to know is what is Somni Skills and how does it benefit, benefit people? So Somni Skills was the sleep practice that Dave uh, had set up Oh, I think back as early as 2006 or seven to address sleep matters such as this. He called the practice Somni Skills and he tried many different ways of working with people. He, um, I think he even briefly at one point tried a group approach, um, mm-hmm. but he quickly realized the degree to which sleep was not as elusive as people Mm -hmm. actually feel like it is when they're going through Mm -hmm. this and that it really wasn't that difficult to get somebody on track once. Mm -hmm. So as a sleep psychologist, Dave would come into the picture when people had been screened already for physiological reasons that they may be having trouble with sleep and those that had no physiological cause for their lack of sleep or sleep issues would then see a sleep psychologist. And so usually Dave could alleviate somebody's sleep problems relatively quickly because Mm -hmm. he had really been able to sort of um, focus in on those things that made the biggest difference to the most people. Mm -hmm. And I think that for him, 
it was so wonderful to have found an effective way to address this with people. So around 2009, he started writing a book because what he realized was that there was nothing like that on the market that really truly could aid people through cognitive behavioral therapy to resolve their sleep matters either mm. on their own or with the assistance of a primary care physician or a social worker or a psychologist who had not yet been trained in sleep. But he, he felt that it was possible to put this together in a book and make it available to people so that they could more easily help themselves than was currently, you know, was currently possible. That's awesome. So one of the questions I have, and first off, I just want to say um, our condolences. Oh, uh, we hope that this, I was really excited to do this podcast because we hope that this is going to help to bring honor to your husband and his work that he did. Thank you. And his legacy and to honor to, to you as well. Um, so my question is, is and I noticed that he finished the book. Yeah. Um, it was a few weeks before his death. Right. What was the process of, of actually getting the book finished and, and getting it to, you know, uh, to market? I mean, what was that? What was that process like? So, so as you said, just weeks before his passing, he had been working with a close colleague of many years named Bill Sacco. And they had just completed their final draft of this book and had submitted an mm -hmm. abstract to the Journal of Sleep Medicine. Mm -hmm. And he had worked on the book on his own for about four years. So from like 2009 to 2013, I think. And mm -hmm. at around that point, he made the decision to call Bill Sacco, who had been his major professor during his PhD mm -hmm. studies, because he felt that Bill was so capable of bringing projects to finish, you know, which is a really hard mm -hmm. thing for any PhD student to be doing is getting your mm -hmm. project finished is always, you know, a huge, a huge milestone. And Bill Sacco had seen people through that process for decades. And Dave mm -hmm. said, I know we've got to get this wrapped up at this point. And I know the person that can help me with that is Bill. So about a year prior to his passing, he and Bill Sacco had started working together on the book. And mm -hmm. um, so what happened was Dave passed away in the dead of winter and his funeral ended up being in the middle of a huge storm, of course, right? And mm -hmm. somehow Bill Sacco made it to that funeral um, with just, you know, a couple of days notice and all the way from Florida, somehow Bill got mm -hmm. there. And he said to me at the time, he said, Rachel, don't worry. I will work with you to finish mm -hmm. the book. And in reality, he said, Eileen and I, his wife, Eileen, and I will work with you to help you finish the book. And, mm. and they, I was very traumatized. Dave's death was an incredible shock because he was one of those larger than life people who lived with so much joy each day. And he was in fantastic physical shape. And having him suddenly pulled from us was the last thing in the world that we had ever expected. And so 
And, and it was also a very difficult death to witness. And so our immediate family and friends were truly traumatized, including I'm sure Bill, but, mm-hmm. but for the, for the next I would say at least four years of the five years it took to do this, Bill and Eileen spearheaded this effort. And I will never be able to thank them enough because I'm just at the point this past year or so where I've been able to really grapple with some of, you know, picking up Dave's materials and um, and feeling comfortable opening up computer files. I had had everything taken care of immediately upon his passing, but I had never actually opened the files. And so, um, so this was a, you know, to be, to be honest, there's a degree to which this past year of working with Bill and Eileen to bring some finish to the book and, and get it totally launched has been very therapeutic for me. Mm. Um, but it's truly it's truly Bill's perseverance and his guidance and Eileen's partnership with Bill in terms of Eileen's background is in uh, education. And also I believe she has a reading specialization. And so mm-hmm. her help was insurmountable because the goal was to ensure that the book was readable on almost any level. Um, right. And so she put tremendous effort into that. And, and Bill, Bill had published textbooks, or I should say professional books prior. And so he was aware of what was necessary to, to mm. where does this start and how does it end? And Bill mm-hmm. really took the reins in this regard and explained that the first thing that we had to do was wait for the abstract to be published. That took mm-hmm. a long time. I think that took about a year and a half from the time that Bill and Dave had submitted their abstract to the point that it was actually published. I believe Mm. it was somewhere around the beginning of 2017 that the abstract was published, which sort of put their name on the map in terms of Mm -hmm. sleep science. Mm -hmm. And so then when we got that publication through, Bill said, now we can really take on the book. And, right. and then so for the next two to three years, Bill and Eileen worked on that pretty much without my input mm-hmm. as I sort of just tried to see my children through to a new life and, and mm-hmm. you know, got everybody off to college and driving lessons and SATs and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, usual mm-hmm. parenting stuff, which I have to say, you know, a lot of times people say congratulations that you were able to make all of that happen. I have to say that if it weren't for coming from an amazing family with a very supportive network and being mm-hmm. in an amazing community here in Southern Maine, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think whenever we accomplish anything, we have to realize that we're standing on a lot of other shoulders to get there. Oh, that's good. Um, there's yeah. no such thing as doing it yourself. I don't believe at least I haven't been, I cannot say that there's anything that I have done by myself. It's all been on shoulders and, Mm. you know, and so my hope is that I can pass that effort forward, you know? Mm. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and so for me, the book is in part, it's a true tribute to Dave and his work and it's everything that he 
would have wanted. The book is Mm -hmm. largely his playbook for how he got people better. And it, it really is, it is, it's just awesome. And, and I also do it with tremendous gratitude to Bill Sacco. And I, mm-hmm. I do it because, and we've, we've tried very hard to price it so that it's very available because mm-hmm. Dave was not expecting to make money from this. Dave mm-hmm. was hoping to help people with this. So right oh, okay. now the Kindle version is actually available on Amazon for free for like another 60 days. Wow! So, you know, we've done everything possible to make the book accessible. That's great. And I, I actually... I really like the the fact that it is titled or is I'm probably using the wrong words here but it's it's framed as a workbook. Yes. And and that it, because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can read that are like, "Oh, hey, you're you have a problem and here's what that problem is." And can talk about the problem but it, it doesn't actually help you work through it. It kind of just gives you, oh, and here's the background of the problem. And here's, you know, here's what you're going through. Oh, that's great. Now what do I do? Right. <laughs> and then right, you can right. end of the book going, oh, <laughs> and where do we go from here? I, I like the idea that this is a workbook yeah. and it seems very practical, a practical way to kind of help your, you know, get yourself through this and get some, some kind of answers or to, you know, to to help improve things by virtue of going through the book. And uh, I imagine that either was that kind of the way that David was as just a very practical person or or was it as a, as a result of the treatment plan that he had? Um, That's, you know, David, what, what David, I think was really his, his genius was to be able to take the foundation of, science that was his background and solidify for people the steps necessary to resolve their problems in a practical way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, a phrase that I would hear from his mouth frequently was, you know, it's really very simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he knew how to get mm-hmm. anything into simple. You know, whether it was packing for a ski trip or how to resolve your sleep problems, Dave, mm. Dave could make it simple. You know, mm. everything got yeah. boiled down to steps and, you know, it was always easy to accomplish then. I love yeah. that. It is really hard to make things simple. Exactly. It, it, it is so much work and, and thought that goes into making something simple. It's really easy to make it complex. Human beings are great at that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I myself am pro- very proficient at it. I can make any problem into a into a big mess. Right. But to actually get something to be simple so that someone else mm. can understand it and digest it and yeah. work through that yeah. without a t- without years and years and years of experience and 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 learning in classrooms and all that is really that's a that's a huge skill and a yeah. and a real tribute to to his thought process and just his own thoughtfulness in the pro in in getting this out there. Mm. Yeah, it was really important to him. You know, he he had specialties that really dovetailed nicely with sleep because as you said, that quote from the beginning really indicates the degree to which what what happens with sleep is anxiety about not getting mm-hmm. sleep. And panic and anxiety were areas of of his practice that were not only highly specialized, but, but they were also highly effective. Dave was able to take on panic and, and anxiety disorders 
and a few sessions later have somebody doing what they never thought they'd ever be able to do in their life. Mm-hmm. It was a real gift of his. And so it really dovetailed nicely with sleep medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think what Dave came to realize over time was that there could really be a method, that there mm-hmm. could really be a, a way, an effective way to approach these types of problems for people, yeah. um, mm. especially in the area of sleep. It's amazing. Yeah. And sleeping as important as it is. Yeah, it exactly. Is, that's, so that can be life-changing. Life-changing, yeah, for, for people. Sure. So, Rachel, let me ask you this. What would you say is your hope and your ulti- just your dream for this book? I guess my dream for this book is that it truly is effective at helping people and, mm-hmm. and that it finds its way to healthcare providers that can then also assist their patients and clients to achieve better sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as Dave used to say, it really, he used to, quite honestly, his, his phrase would be something sometimes when it came to sleep, he'd say, it's just not rocket science. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a few simple things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. the, the real devil is the discipline, is the other thing mm-hmm. that he would say, is mm-hmm. that having the discipline to get through this process is mm-hmm. the real challenge. Everything mm-hmm. about it, there's nothing else that's challenging about it. It's the discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And that was something that he was a master of and was and he could inspire people to be disciplined, which was that's a pretty cool thing, you know, and yeah. um, because the reality is that when it comes to behavior, human behavior, changing human behavior requires discipline. And when people mm-hmm. aren't able to harness that, they are much less likely to be, you know, effective. Right. Yeah, that's I th- and I think that's something that's come across in a lot of the episodes that we've been recording and 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 putting out there lately. Is another author that we had just talked to that you know talked about you know getting your butt in the chair and writing. That's yeah. that's the that's the way that you Discipline. that's the way that you write, and that's something that I I remember reading you know from Stephen King that that's his thing is you just sit your butt in the chair and you write, that's the way that you're going to get it done. And, and from business owners as well, that, right. you know, the, the way to get the work done is you put in the work, yes. you get to work yeah. and, and having that discipline to, to do those things is, is really the key. And that's, that's a huge part of it. And I mean, it, it makes total sense that it's, that it's the same in sleep. It's mm-hmm. just, and sometimes we just need someone to point that out yeah. and say, it's it's really simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making it way too hard. Right. right. Well, I think, you know, what? why is it so hard to have discipline? It's hard because the overall process seems overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so I think this isn't something Dave used to say, but something that I frequently find myself saying to people in different parts of my life. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where the workbook concept really comes in is, mm. you know, it enables you to take it on one bite at a time because digesting that one bite isn't hard. It's the concept of digesting the whole elephant that's hard, mm. but you don't have yeah. to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and great. and kind of dovetailing into discipline, I mean, in your bio, you're involved in a lot of things, yeah. a lot of boards, a lot of activities. Yeah. How do you manage 
and prioritize your time. Yeah. Tell so us. <laughs> I actually coach people on this in parts of my life. And it's different for each person, I believe. But for me, the most effective thing is time blocking. I block out time starting and don't laugh. I start at about <laughs> 5 a.m. each morning and mm-hmm. I end at about 10 p.m. each night. And so I try to have seven hours of sleep, which really works well for me. Um, and I've never been somebody that chilled very well. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I quickly need something to do. I've always yeah. been that way. And, and even when I was really young, I used to, I was very frustrated. I'll never forget this. I was very frustrated when I started first grade and they didn't assign homework. And I, I said, wow, I, that's I know, ambition right I know, there. just sick, right? Like, what's wrong with this child? And so I, I came home very frustrated to my mom. And I said, they still haven't assigned homework. And my mom said, well, you know, you have all your life to work, Rachel. You know, maybe you can do something fun. And I said, how am I supposed to get better at reading and writing if I don't have homework? And she said, well, okay. And like, so she had to structure that for me, you know, okay, well, oh let's gosh. do some reading. And she ended up getting copies of textbooks from, you know, friends that were in education that had access to first grade reading books and things like that, you know, <laughs> and she had to always have something for me to do because I think my mom, you know, unfortunately for her, she was a rather sort of a low energy person and she got harnessed with me as her child, you know? <laughs> and so if, if left to my own desires, I would find a project, which usually meant a really big cleanup for her. So she started, <laughs> she started structuring my time at a really young age. Like I was horseback riding at three and a half because I had already beaten her to the stables, which were like down the road. She got a call from the woman that owned shoestring stables in Middletown, New Jersey, who said, I believe your three-year-old is here at the stable. Wow. And she'd be like, oh my God, you know, and she'd go running down there to get me. And, and after it happened a couple of times, the stable owner said, I think your daughter's really attracted to horses do you want her to start riding? And my mom was like, yeah, if it would help me with this, it would be fine. (laughs) So I started, I think, horseback riding at three and a half. Um, I started modern dance by the time I was five. Basically, she made sure that every day after school, I had something because otherwise she just couldn't keep up with me. So that's just, I think, part of my nature. Yeah. So... Just to kind of go back to the time blocking thing. Yeah. What are what are your increments of time? Like how what what do you do every fifteen minutes, every half hour, every hour? I'm an hour person. I find that okay. there's always time necessary to transition, mm-hmm. and there's always need for a bio break here and there. So if I mm-hmm. just block by hour, I do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> you're going to die. Okay. So I use color coding also on my, on mm-hmm. my, uh, Google calendar. So, and I share different pieces of it with different people. And so, um, my office always sees my office work and other members of my family can see sort of my personal schedule. And, mm-hmm. um, 
and, and then I can see our team schedule for the office and I have my agent on call schedule. I have my business partners. I have each of their schedules. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I have probably 10 colors going on my calendar. Wow. <laughs> but it, That's... it works for me. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I actually, I tried doing the time blocking thing and I, it didn't necessarily work out as well for me. I'm more of a to-do list person and that seems to help, help me wrangle my time a little bit because I, if I get stopped, I can always look at the list and go, okay, there's got to be something on here I can do next. Exactly. I do utilize uh, a to-do list also. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely. And because that way, if there's a change in my time, I can mm. pick up and figure out what needs to happen and I can prioritize my time. That's mm-hmm. really important yeah. as you're planning your time. It's really important to be able to recognize what your priorities for the day will need to be. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I, I, I imagine it's essential because like, like we said, you, you're, in, you're involved in a lot of different things. Right. If you didn't plan, I can imagine that just yeah, getting absolutely. really crazy really fast. Yeah. Right, and it's, it's important to accomplish what you set out to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, why, why do it? Right, exactly. <laughs> Rachel, how do, you fi- how do you define success, whether it's in business or in life? How do you define success? That's a really interesting question. Wow. Um, I define success as having taken care of my family, Mm -hmm. other people who are close to me, such as my business partner and my community. Like Mm. if I can effectively ensure that at the end of each day, I have done my best to see us through to a better situation than we started mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. I that for me is success. Mm. Mm. That's great. That's great. I love that. I'm, I'm, I might steal that. <laughs> no, I love that. No I love that. Copyright on that. <laughs> I love that. No, it's just it's it's so true. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. has that ability to be successful in 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 saying that. I mean, we have the ability to you know, so into our families, our, our business life, and then in our community. And that's just such a beautiful picture of success. Yeah. Well, because especially here in Maine, your business life is usually a part of your community. You know, it's, yes, we're yes. all so closely intertwined. And mm-hmm. I think that the other thing that I always try to recognize is that like we each come into this world with a set of gifts we come into the world with a certain amount of time, talent, and treasure over which mm. we have literally no say, right? Mm. So what I always have, uh, what I taught my children, what I've always tried to remember myself is, you know, if you're attractive, if you're physically attractive, well, good for you, but that was given to you for your birthday, you know, you're either born <laughs> with that or you know, you can do your best to optimize what you have, but it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you're wealthy, most of the time, a lot of what either was there or set you up to have it was given to you for your birthday. People's socioeconomic class is mm-hmm. a huge impact on them and they're born mm-hmm. into it and sometimes they're able to elevate, 
But just if you're not able to elevate, it doesn't mean you did something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much out of one's control a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're intelligent, well, that's fantastic. Hopefully you'll optimize it and use it for good. But it was mm-hmm. given to you on your birthday, mm-hmm. you know? So what is the one thing you can do each day that is totally out of your own desire? And that Mm. is to be a good person, to be an effective person. That's what you have in your control every day when you wake up in the morning. I love that. And so I try to really focus on that. I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. Mm. I'm going to try to optimize what I have and do my best to do good each day. Mm. I love that. So that really feeds into, I guess, my concept of success. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of what this book was about, was mm-hmm. what, you know, there's very little you can do for somebody when they've passed away. Mm. You know, the last sort of physical right is giving them a proper burial. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I've just done anything I possibly can think of to uh, not only honor David, but fulfill his wishes on the planet. You know, mm-hmm. when he, when we had to say goodbye to him, I doubt that he could hear me any longer. But I said to him, I know you have to go. Just understand a part of you stays with me and a part of each of us goes with you. We will always be with you. And I truly meant it. So the part of David that stays with me, I still have to act upon because he deserved it. Nobody could have deserved it more, you know? Um, So, you know, while I can't do anything about the fact that he will have missed so much of his children growing up, and so many other achievements that he would have enjoyed on this planet, I can Mm. do everything in my power to make them happen. Mm. And so this book is part of that for me. And I never could have gotten anywhere with it were it not for Bill and Eileen Sacco. That is absolutely amazing I, and beautiful. I need a tissue. <laughs> I need a tissue. This is just—it's—it's—it's it's an inspiration. Yeah, it's that just, is. It's an inspiration, and it's just such an honor to to be able to get this uh, to help get this story out there. Thank um, you for what you'll be doing to have this book available to people. You know, is, uh, thank you for no, thank for you for being here and for yeah. for talking with us because we, this is this has so really appreciate been. It special for us this is as kim said inspiring it's so inspiring thanks and, so um, inspiring and please and we know, wish you... like if there's ever and and please let it be known publicly if there's ever a situation where somebody needs this book and can't afford it i will give mm. them a copy you know yeah. easy, i i know that dave would have mm. dave if if it were in my power i would give it away but unfortunately there's you know publishing costs so yeah. 
That's so awesome. You know, that's all we're trying to do. And if anybody needs a copy of it, I will give it to them. Amazing. That's Thank great. Thank you so much. And uh, so for folks who are listening, uh, when this goes live, this should this will still be available on Amazon. Uh, the, the Kindle version will still be available for free for a bit longer. Yeah. So definitely uh, go to Amazon and check that out. And uh, we'll have links to... The, the Sami Skills website, which will give you uh, a way to go and purchase the book or to get it for free on Kindle for a limited time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, thank you thank so you much, so Rachel, much for, for being with us, Rachel, for being with us and sharing with us. Yes. And uh, we wish you success and, and, and peace with the with this book. And this is a, a beautiful tribute to your husband. Yeah, thank absolutely. you so much for this. Thank you for this it's opportunity. Gonna, yes, uh, it's, it's going to change pleasure. many lives. I'm sure. I hope yeah. so. Oh, 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 oh,